Hello? What? Who is booking this crap? Well, if you can't book as a team, you're all fired. Who the fuck wrote this bullshit? I'm gonna tweet my displeasure. Vince McMahon, he's the bad guy. Yeah! Oh, I'm fucking tired. I totally... And I work with fucking children. And what qualifications do you two feel you have to work here at the zoo? Hello, everyone. And welcome to the first official episode of the Booking Room Podcast. My name is MK, and along with me is my good friend, my mentally ill friend. Um, some call him the Dylan. I call him mentally ill. Dylan, say hello to the viewers. Hello to you. <laughs> um... <laughs> Straight into a bow selection impression. Now, you know, uh, hello, I am Dylan. I am the other half of MK and Dylan. Uh, and the other half of the booking room. Um, welcome. Welcome to those who are joining us. I hope we can fill your ears and your mind with something tantalizing today. Tantalizing. What he means is basically a little bit about the booking room. What the booking room will be is that we discuss relevant news throughout like the wrestling world, relevant news that happens in a week, key things that happen on weekly television shows, you know, and it will be discussing, analyzing, you know, things that happen. And if the things that we don't like, we're just going to simply rebook it in our vision, hypothetically, of course. Yeah, these are our opinions. Um, you know, feel free to uh, Instagram and or tweet or however you want to contact us with your vision of how you would book things. Uh, ours isn't obviously the official one. WWE, AEW and all those other brands are going to do their own booking. And they're not going to listen to us, but we know what we want to well, not, not a lot not a lot of people listen to this podcast at the minute so yeah so <laughs> we'll do the thing now where can you please subscribe and just give us some more attention so this is actually worthwhile <laughs> yeah please follow us on things things and stuff <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll, I'll put some graphics up now saying you know like like subscribe the usual jazz we'll do that um things. so episode one this is official um on today's show what we're going to be discussing is Last week's Money in the Bank, I know we're a bit late, but, you know, um, it's our first episode. There's a lot of prep gone involved. But, yeah, nonetheless, we're discussing Money in the Bank. We are going to be discussing the winners of both Money in the Bank ladder matches. And, of course, the Bloodline Civil War. First of all, mate, what did you think of the show as we were in attendance? Um, I enjoyed the hell out of Money in the Bank. Um, I was blown away i felt like i was in another world I, it was it was atmospheric as hell nothing like a uk crowd to make a wwe event feel amazing was, was this your was this your first pay-per-view non-wrestlemania because it was mine yeah my first pay-per-view non-wrestlemania how cool how cool was it like i didn't think because you went to the smackdown as well i didn't think i was expecting normal wwe except for i was like it was rammed, and they had like the the small set in the corner. I was like, "Wow, this is this looks different. Looks hype." Yeah, they wanted to. I guess they wanted to get as many fans as they could in because traditionally, when they do events at the O2, they put up their big stage, and they you know you lose all that entire back section, and um, you know they've done the the little small ramp like they've had it like the backlash years and the Clash of Champions and things like that, so you can really pack the uh, the arena out. It makes it look. I think it makes it, it makes it look bigger as well. You know, like the old days. You know, and all the attention was on the wrestlers coming out as opposed to like a big shiny distracting set. It felt. It makes it feel that much more special. I ain't gonna lie, you know, I, I thought it was sexy. I um, gonna be honest. I've been, you know, as of late, I, you know, I've talked to you about it. Like, you know, I thought, oh, you know, bring back the unique sets for pay per views and things like that. But I think I'm a fan of this minimalistic set thing mm. now. I think even if they did it for regular Raws and Smackdowns now. Because it's not like they never did it. Back when, you know, mm. Raw started, it was just the, the letters R-A-W and it was a that like tiny that. little entranceway. Like, I'd be hyped if they started doing that because then they could really maximise on their tickets and their sales. You know, they don't, have, they don't have to lose half an arena covering it with Trons. Yeah, I agree. And I like the, the old vintage Raw R-A-W, you know. And you, you could make that current with, like, LED, make the R-A-W LEDs, you know. Like, yeah. if you want to make it current... Make it. I like it. It makes it. As I, as I said, it, it puts more attention on the wrestlers. I think so. Yeah. Let's do that. The only thing I probably would have changed about Money in the Bank is I probably would have made the set a bank vault, so it looked like half a vault with ladders coming out of it. You know, I would have redesigned it a little bit. You know, because 
it did just look like random screens in the corner. We could have made it like a bank vault or still kept it on that small scale, but made it something, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I totally get you. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's that that's my that's my uh standing on it on things. Good. Nothing nothing to add on that. <laughs> Because you left it for an awkward silence, so I had to fill it. <laughs> you have to edit this part out See, now. No, I'm not going to edit it out. I'm going to leave it all in because, ladies and gents, this is the first podcast, so get off our backs here. Yeah? Understand <laughs> that. Um, right, okay. Honest opinion of the show. You enjoyed it. Top to bottom, enjoyed it. There wasn't Top a single bottom, thing enjoyed. that you... Wow, really? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. There wasn't... Like, there was things I would change, you know, that and that we're going to get into in a moment. Um, mm. But there, uh, as a whole, as a show... I enjoyed it. Like I said, I love, I do love going to, to British indie shows. Like there's, there's nothing like the Americans can all say, Oh, you know, we, you know, we're big fans of wrestling, but there's nothing like, uh, like a, a British wrestling crowd, you know, like the UK, as John Cena said, you know, we, we tend to hijack the shows and things like that. Like we do, yeah. you know, British fans, mm. you know, I mean, they, they carry that almost football hooligan mentality to any sport. You know, you yeah, go to any sporting event with a British crowd outside of cricket or tennis, because they're the boring ones. Um, you know, I'm you really not, get rich people go to them, bro. Honestly, <laughs> but you really get like, you know, when the, when a working class man goes to an event, it's funny. Like you get mad stuff. Like the one of the main event chants that popped me the most was, you know, stand up if you hate Roman. And the whole arena stood up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's stuff like that. The Americans don't do that. They sit there, especially oh. the, the wrestling ones. They sit there yelling CM Punk for 14 hours and it's boring. Mm. Oh my god! I had a guy in front of me in the crowd, and um, it was when it was the when the world title match was going on, and we all know that Finn Balor used to wrestle for ICW and other places in the United Kingdom. And like after every, like literally every thirty seconds, he was he was a Scottish guy, and he just started going ICW. ICW, mate, we know you know where he used to wrestle. Stop <laughs> chanting ICW at a WWE show. So pansy, man. Honestly, man. I, yeah. I, I wanted to make it a thing when I used to wrestle. I wanted to try and get fans chanting random stuff like rice and mm. peas and, and, and brown bread. But uh, I didn't Why would they chant well. that, mate? Why would Why they not? chant rice and peas? <laughs> <laughs> like Trisha, she said with my boogle boogle and a bumble squat. <laughs> when I say rice, say I'm peas, rice. <laughs> and peas. <laughs> oh. oh, mate, so speaking of like the crowd and stuff, right? Do you know what I noticed going into the venue? Like, yeah, it's very WrestleMania, but mixed with football hooligans and a football match. The love for LA night and. The thing I noticed is when I went to my first WrestleMania, which was 28 in Miami, that everyone, that's when like the yes chant started and everyone went like going to the arena, more so leaving the arena. Everyone was going with like the yes, yes, yes. And all I kept hearing was, yeah, 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 yeah. dummy, which yeah. Is a not, which, is, <laughs> which is a nice, oh my God, sidebar for a second. I've got a story for you. All right. I was, at the, I was at the bar in Weatherspoons before the show and there was a guy at the bar dressed as LA Knight, right? And I'm telling you, he's got he's got the what he's got the waistcoat, he's got the glasses, he's got his hair like him, beard, everything. And um I'm standing there with a mate who I haven't seen for a long time, and we were just looking over. And this guy starts to order his food in full gimmick. <laughs> No. He's <laughs> like mixed grill. Yeah. Did he please tell me he opened the order with let me talk to you. Honestly, bro. <laughs> Honestly, he orders the whole order as LA Knight. I was blown away. Like the poor girl behind the bar didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Fucking joke. But yeah, anyway, right, let's just let's go straight to our um our first match then, which was the men's money in the bank. And we have to talk about the expectations for LA night. You know, we've talked about the audience going into the, into the, um, into the show. Like there was a presence and I feel like I can't remember someone being that over. And apart from Daniel Bryan, where people, all they want is LA night. And that was evident going 
coming into the show. So kicking off with a men's money in the bank ladder match, people wanted LA Knight to win. You know, I'm going to say 85% of that arena wanted LA Knight to win that match. I'll be honest, right? They did. I'd say more than 85%. Uh, a couple of the people I was with didn't seem to understand the hype, but LA Knight, <laughs> yeah. Um, like, now, nah, basically, my issue with the LA Knight thing right now is we're going the same route as Daniel Bryan. And the worst thing is, is for me, I feel we're running out of time because Bryan was younger, but then because of his wrestling style, was inflicted with so many injuries. So every time they finally tried to listen to the fans and pull the trigger, he'd get injured. He'd be out for a while and, you know, it would slow the momentum down. LA Knight right now is wrestling safely. He's not getting hurt. He's over as hell, but they're not pulling the trigger. And I worry they're going to pull the trigger too late. He's only going to be, you know, he, the guy's like, what, 40, maybe uh, maybe just under. He's heading into his 40s, oh, definitely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's not got a lot of years left. I'm pretty sure he doesn't want to be wrestling at 50 or 60. If they don't pull the trigger in the next year or two, they're going to hurt his momentum, and it's going to be bad, man. Like, this, I this, think, yeah. I didn't believe they should have given him the briefcase. It would have been amazing. I'd have been so happy if they'd given him the briefcase. I saw the briefcase better off with Logan Paul, but we'll get into that. You know, we'll get into that. Yeah. Priest also was. It's a, it's a, it's a story choice, not the right choice to me. But LA Knight over AF need to pull the trigger soon. If they don't pull it soon, I'm not saying him the world title. I'm not saying him the WWE title. You know, putting him against Roman right now maybe not be the right call. Putting him in the world title picture, maybe it's not the right call just yet. Give him something. Gunther, Austin, like, fucking hell, Austin Theory's doing nothing. Like, his title reign, what is his title reign? He's com somehow competing more than Nakamura was as the Intercontinental Champion, but he's having a very similar reign to Nakamura's Intercontinental title reign, where no one cared. He had the belt and no one even noticed he had it. We just thought he took it home one day and never brought it back. Like, Austin Theory, great kid, love him, think he's going to do well. But, LA Knight's the guy to beat him. Pull the trigger now. I think I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And you've got to look at things like injuries. And you've got... Sometimes, like you say, sometimes you've just got to pull the trigger. And I feel like that would have been... I agree. That would have been a really, really good time to do it. Because, yeah, his age is a factor. Especially in Vincent Mann's eyes, you know. And I feel that... Yeah, you know, um, I've lost my trail of thought there. <laughs> um, just, just think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, you just, with people's attention spans these days, you just think you can't leave. People have been really patient with the bloodline stuff, mm. and they have. It's been going on for three years, but you can't. You can't let have everything be a long build because people don't have the attention spans anymore, especially with the age of social media and, you know, people constantly scrolling and people going off and on things, you know. Sometimes you just need to pull the trigger. But, yeah, like, this is the part of the show now where let's rebook it. Let's, let's play hypothetical, right? And this is why I believe, and I feel like you feel the same as well, that Logan Paul was the correct choice to yeah. win the money in the bank. And these these are my reasons, and you can obviously elaborate and tell me your reasons, but my first reason is we go back to April, WrestleMania time. You got Seth Rollins. His story is that he doesn't like outsiders. You know, he works his ass off. He's a work rate guy and he doesn't like this outsider coming in. And that story was that was the story going into their WrestleMania match. Now, if we fast forward to Money in the Bank and Logan Paul wins Money in the Bank, that makes for compelling television. You know, you have Seth Rollins, who's this work-rate champion, who the crowd believe, like, yeah, he's our, he's our guy. He's the guy with the work-rate, you know, and people get behind work-rate, not to mention his music and his persona. That's a set, completely separate thing. But you have a work-rate Seth Rollins now who mentally they think the same as Seth. We don't want this outsider winning Money in the Bank. We don't want that. We, do, we don't want this celebrity winning Money in the Bank. But that's the whole point of a heel. And if Logan Paul wins Money in the Bank, 
you have Seth Rollins looking over his shoulder every point throughout the the entire year, 365 days of storytelling of Seth Rollins looking over his shoulder at special events, you know, after he retains the title, is Logan going to cash in? People would tune in and it makes him a heel, let alone the fucking, the marketing that could go into Logan Paul winning that briefcase. He'd take it you know, everywhere. He'd literally have it on the podcast. Yeah, he'd take it on his podcast. He'd do all appearances with it. He would put fucking bottles of prime in there in the briefcase you know like not taking it very seriously and i feel like that would rub the smart fan the wrong way which in turn creates fucking heat so i i think we should have put on logan paul mate what are you saying mate i can't even elaborate more on your point you know what i mean and as a seth rollins mark myself you know what i mean um no nah, i can't i can't elaborate too much like you have the exact same idea i have I mean, that's why we mesh so well together. Like, that is the whole thing. Logan Paul and Seth's story isn't done. We know it's not done. To have had Logan Paul spending a year taunting Seth, hiding in the background, you never know when he's going to show up. You never know when his next appearance is. And Seth's always looking over his shoulder, putting on these great matches with, you know, being the workhorse on Monday Night Raw. It would have been perfect. And then one day he would have cashed in, you know, and the best thing for me would have been if he had cashed in, if Seth held the belt to Mania and he cashed in at Mania to steal Steph's, Seth's heist of the century, where he cashed Bro, in that bad no. boy. Let me, let, let, me, let me interject, right? Okay, picture this, right? Cody Rhodes wins the Royal Rumble again. At WrestleMania, we have a work rate Seth freaking Rollins against Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes finishes the story by winning the world championship. And then Logan Paul takes it away from him straight away. Now, Boom. I feel oh, no, like I like that. that. I feel like I like that, but it goes against everything we were just saying. We want to we wanna tell the Logan-Seth story. We don't want to start the Logan-Cody story. I think you have to have not... It would be great to see Cody and Seth in a match again, especially something as high stakes especially with Cody being 3-0 and against Seth and the high stakes of Mania and the world title. But Logan needs to cash in and take it from Seth. I think have that match, have it build to a great crescendo where you think Cody's about to do it because then it screws Cody, but it also screws Seth. Have Logan come out like he did, like Seth did at Mania against Roman and Brock in the right towards the end, comes out, hits him with the boom, the lucky shot, bang, cat pins Seth. One, two, three. Stole it. Heist of the century. Stole Seth's moment. Stole Seth's belt. Stole, you know, the thing that made Seth Rollins as big in history. You know, it, it tells the story. Great. Stole, stole Cody's moment as well. But I don't want Cody anywhere near the world title after well, we've just discussed this. He needs to this. win the WWE Championship. It's the he whole needs the belt. story. He needs the belt that his dad didn't win, you know. He needs to beat Roman. Yeah. He needs to be the one. And like I know Jay's Jay got the pin, but he needs to be the one to take the belt. Cody has to be that guy. And they have to change the belt. They have to. This 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 I am disgusted with the new belt. Disgusted. <laughs> I'm not gonna go into it too much, but for anyone listening, if anyone WWE or anyone marketing listens, WWE belts, as prestigious as they are, are a toy. They're a marketing ploy. And they're just for kids and, and adults who want to spend loads. They're a marketing prop. It's all they are. It's all they mean to the world. Yeah? Yeah. Why would you make something the same all over? You know what I mean? A, a red one, a blue one. Like, it's not the fucking Power Rangers. You know what I mean? Like makes it less prestigious. It, yeah. One, it makes the belt seem less prestigious because there's a trillion of the same type. Two, collectors don't want to collect them. You know what I mean? People, like, I've seen, I watch follow guys on YouTube who are belt collectors and they've got like almost every belt from every company. But you know what I don't see them have? Four different versions of the Universal WWE World Heavyweight title. Because it's no the one same wants belt to with own a fucking it. Difficult exactly. Yeah, no I one agree. wants to own it. You had an opportunity here. You gave the women a new belt. You were giving Roman a new belt. You gave Rhea a new belt. Like, make them all different. Make them stand uh, I like, out. I like the fact that they're... I like the the women's world title, I must say. I, I do like, like the that. name. I'm happy they did it. I always wanted them to do it. I wanted them to do it years ago. 
instead of the SmackDown and the Raw. I always hated SmackDown and Raw tag titles, SmackDown and Raw Women's Champion. Like, I'm glad they did it. I don't think she should have got the same belt as Seth with the white strap. Uh, I think it's just as shit as when they did the white strap for the WWE title. Like, it's just stupid. Give them their own belt. They're their own people. Their prestige is their own. If the belt needs to mean something, it means nothing if it looks like everything else. <laughs> Fair enough. We're off topic. Right. Oh, well off topic. The winner, Damien Priest. The winner, the winner of the Money in the Bank, ladies and gentlemen. You're not living under a rock. It was six days ago. Damien Priest is this year's men's Mr. Money in the Bank. I don't know, mate. It kind of sucked the air out of the arena. It you did. Know. It did. Because you know what it is? And I said this to you before we went live. Damien Priest... It's only for a story. Like, he didn't... Mm. Look, you know, giving it to LA Knight, it would have, you could have made stories with it, but you give it to him because he's over. Giving it to Logan Paul was the sense, was the money, it was everything it needed to be, and the story. Yeah. Damien Priest is literally just to further a story, evolving Judgment Day, that I'm going to be honest, I'm not really interested in. Are you really interested in the Damien Priest Finn Balor story? Not really, and this was my thought when I kind of had in the back of my mind, what about Priest? And the, this is my feel on it. This is what I feel happened. And, like, I don't know. This is me just completely speculating, right? I feel that one per like, some people were pushing for LA Knight, and I feel like some people were pushing for Logan Paul. And Logan Paul was a bit up in the air because of contract status. We don't know how long he's going to be there. Rah, rah, rah. But I feel that Damien Priest was a compromise. And a bad one. A bad one because the Money in the Bank briefcase should be a prestigious thing that pretty much guarantees you a World Heavyweight Championship and that main event push. I don't think it should be used as a story device, just as something to put in the middle of the Judgment Day to create more conflict. I don't feel because then it kind of devalues what the briefcase is. No, but also you know? it, it, that, it tells a, it. It doesn't tell a, a compelling story to me because right now the story they're telling is that Finn wants that belt. Finn wants to you know get his revenge on Rollins, who injured him when he became the inaugural Universal Champion. Finn wants to you know Finn wants to finish his story as such, you know, and he's got Priest over his soul, who's supposed to be his friend. With the briefcase, because you never know who's gonna who's gonna take the belt. So now it's like, is Priest gonna cash it in on Seth, or is Priest gonna wait till he can cash it in on Finn? Cashes it in on Finn, and, you know, it splits up the Judgment Day. Blah 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 blah. It's, is that what we want to see though? Is that what people are interested feel, in right now? I, I feel like it's gonna be a failed cashing, and I feel that makes it a complete waste of time. What to have a Finn Balor, Damian Priest blow off? Because, because all, Finn will cost Damian Priest. Like all that's gonna happen is you're gonna you're building to something that I don't know if you're ready for. I don't know if the superstars involved are ready for it. Because let's say yeah, Finn wins the big one. He beats Seth. Let's say it's SummerSlam, right? Finn beats Seth. Yeah. Let's say Damian Priest don't cash in. Are we ready for a Finn Balor World Title reign? Is he in doing no? the best work of his current career as a heel? You know, like him as a heel in NXT when he went back. And was doing that just straight up, you know, fighting Irish kind of thing, like just kicking guys in their head. Bullet and stuff. Club Finn Club Finn yeah. Balor. Great. This new ghetto gangster comedy, sometimes not comedy, heel Finn Balor, not doing so great. Mm. So do we now want to see him win the world title and have a decent run? Or do we want to see Damian Priest cash in on him and then him and Damian Priest have a thing? Like I'm just mm. I'll be honest, honest. It's not compelling. Not interested in the whole thing at mm -mm. all. No. Logan Paul or mm. LA Knight was the way to go. If you yep. wanted to compromise, give it to someone who would have been a total, you know, oh my God, this is crazy. They're pushing that kind of person. I would have given it to Butch. Pete Dunne, bring him back as Pete Dunne, you know, end the Brawling Brutes thing. Give Sheamus, let Sheamus go off into the sunset and do something, you know, hopefully win that IC belt that he's been after. Give, you know, give Ridge something solo. You know, we've seen him do some work with Theory lately. Maybe give him a little US title rub, but... It's time for Butch to go back to Pete Dunne. I'm not saying he can't be the scrappy do anymore. I'm just saying it's time to drop the silly name and go back to what made him great. What made him great in the Indies. What made him great when he joined WWE. Go back to being the Bruiserweight. You saw it in the UK. You heard it through the arena for two nights straight. 
Everyone wants to see it. No one, like, no one's attached to the Butch name. You didn't, it weren't like people were yelling Butch throughout Money in the Bank. They were yelling Bruiser weight. That's what they I think. I think, I think it translates differently to the UK and the US. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't feel you, I don't, you don't hear one Bruiser weight chant in the US. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like he's over as Butch and I feel like he's killing it as Butch. I don't feel like the name certainly matters for Pete. I really don't. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to disagree. We'll agree like to disagree to agree like, that I'm right. I feel, I feel, I feel like he's smashing it as Butch. I feel like he's doing some really nice character work. Like his ring work speaks for itself. But yeah, I feel like leave him in, leave him as he is for now. No, but I going love, back to Damian, I love Pete for bits. I want Pete. Going, going back, going back to our winner. Damien Priest, I feel like I feel like Damien Priest is morphing into a Vince McMahon guy. And what I mean by that is, you know, Roman Reigns is going to get closer and closer to Hollywood. And I feel like Vince McMahon has his eye on Damien Priest to potentially to potentially be that figure as a reserve if nah. Roman leaves. Nah. Don't see it. Do not see it. I, bruv, send Triple H to my door. Send Vince to my door to not... I don't see it. If we're talking about their current roster of superstars and who's going to take WWE into the next thing, right? If we look at the history of guys there ever was, yeah? We look at the Hulk Hogans, the Rocks, the Austins, the Cenas, you know, coming all the way down into, you know, if, if we even put the littler guys who were the guys but weren't really the guys as we've discussed before, the Shawn Michaelses, the Bret Harts, the, you know, Triple H's and stuff, you know, the guys who... Outstanding, the work rate you know, guys. The work rate guys. The, the big time guys, but they were never the guy. Yeah. Damien Priest, currently from the current roster that stands in front of us, is not that guy. 100%. I do not believe it. I do not believe he's capable of it. I do not even see it happening for him. Like, if they want to push it, they're going to really see that the fans don't want it. Like, I, I don't like the idea that you've just, you've, you've discussed me. Like, he, Damien Priest, I think he's great. I'm just. I'm not saying it's my idea. I'm saying I no, feel no, like it could be a Vincent Man idea. Don't like it. I don't like it. I think he's great, but do I think he could carry the business for the next ten years? Do I see him being in a Roman position or a Cena position, and outselling everyone at merch and being the guy and having everyone after him and you know going on to be you know on people's Mount Rushmores of the top four wrestlers in the world? No freaking way. No absolute way. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the booking room. Um, right, Dylan, women's money in the bank. Io Shirai Eo wins Sky. the briefcase. Io Sky. I'm going to mess that up forever. That's fine. Um, like I, I, to be honest with you, go, let me just talk about this. Why it's fresh in my brain. I loved the finish with the handcuffs. Yes, loved it. I thought absolutely that was a very loved good it. Yeah, I thought, that was a very I thought good it was really. It was a throwback to the um, Jeff Hardy, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles ladder match during the pandemic. They did something with the handcuffs, which I thought was really clever. Um, throwback to that. Um, I love the finish. I thought it was great. Um, you know, and the winner, I'm pretty happy with. You know, yeah, I'm happy with the winner. Like, uh, uh, Io Shirai, Io Sky, uh, you know, obviously, their talent speaks for itself. Her character's there. The stuff with Bailey. I can't argue with the winner, I got the choice, but there's a part of me that feels like if we create an underdog story and there's an organic under, underdog story that's already been told, and that's Selena Vega, I feel like we could. I heard it. I heard it on a, the Busted Open podcast, and Bully Ray was like, she should win the women's championship on the date September 11th on SmackDown because oh, her her father was killed. Yeah. Her, father was killed in the September like I feel like that would have been a really good time to cash in and have a little moment um that you know big but the thing is right and this is the thing with it with business and just you know thing in things in general uh it happens too much in wrestling and I'm not saying that wouldn't have been an amazing and touching moment but I'm you know I'm someone who I don't really like consolation prize wrestling you know are you mates with the promoter you know, did you just get divorced? Are you going through some legal troubles? Are you having a drinking problem? And you get handed title belt and briefcase and this and that and push and all these things. I don't like it. 
You know, I don't like it when a wrestler who out of nowhere isn't an underdog, isn't even built as an underdog, but, you know, they just, oh, you know, my dog was sick and I'm mates with the promoter, so now I'm the new TV champion or something. You know what I mean? Like, it would have been great for her, but they haven't built her. I would have loved to have seen her win it. I've been a huge Selena Vega fan for a long time, going back to, you know, when she first came on board with Andrade and stuff. But I don't think it was the right time for her. They haven't built her. They've added her to the LWO. They've had her with, you know, they've had her in the ring a few times. But they haven't built her. They haven't put any story behind her. They haven't put any stories behind her. You know, it, it didn't make me want want her to win. I what I didn't like about the women's money in the bank was there was too many stories going on at the same time. You had the Bailey EO situation and damage control and what's going on with that. You had the Trish and Becky Lynch continuation and what's going on that. You had the Zoe Stark's involvement with Trish and Becky Lynch and the involvement in that. And then you kind of had a potential for, you know, Zoe Stark to maybe strike out on her own and betray Trish and win the briefcase. But then that never happened. And, you know, there was all this stuff that could have been done. There was just a whole mess of, of a pot. And, you know, it was a it was Let a me... messy match story-wise for me. So we, so we can both agree that, like, we don't mind the winner. But this is where, like, okay, let me rebook it. Let me rebook it for a second. For, for let a second. me talk to you. Let me talk to you. Right. This is what I would have done. Um, I I personally would have had Trish Stratus win it. And hear me out. Hear me out. Her whole story at the moment is thank you, Trish. Like, thank you for... I started the revolution. I started the real women's revolution. Blah, blah, blah. You have Trish Stratus win the money, but you have this legend. She's done, she's done every accolade that there is to do. Right. She wins the Money in the Bank briefcase, holds on to that. You know, she's still got the thank you, Trish thing going. Yeah, we've got that. And then later this year, we have Becky Lynch win the Women's Championship from Rhea. Maybe maybe SummerSlam, maybe Survivor Series, doesn't matter. But at some point, Trish Stratus takes the world title away from Becky Lynch. And then we have our story build to WrestleMania between Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch, I feel like that's where the women's title picture, you could have a long story there, you know, that... Mate, I'd even throw Lita into that mix, because obviously Trish injured Lita, because, you know, Becky Lynch and Lita were tag team champions. Trish injured Lita. I think you throw Lita into that mix. You find a way, you bring Lita back when, once Becky's the champ. Um, you know, you have a bit of turmoil there. You get Trish to cash in. You get to Mania and you do that triple threat. You do Becky, you do Trish, you do Lita. It gives Lita and Trish one final, you know, blowout to whatever, however they want to go and, you know, end their illustrious careers. And then all, you put Becky back it, on top to, to run the women's division. All because it's a stadium show as well and equally as as important. Maybe at, like, the Royal Rumble, you do, you do Trish versus Lita one last time as a selling point. Mm-hmm. And then you have Be- you have Becky Lynch, who's the champion, as the special referee. No, it's not as the champion because Trish is the champion. And Becky Lynch is the special referee of the Trish Lita match. I feel like that could um, be a little yeah. spectacle as that well. Comes in. And then you get a Trish and Lita one final time for for a, a women's world title, and then you know you you could continue that, like I said, into Mania, into a triple threat between the three of them. You know what I mean? And close out the story, Trish and Lisa walk into the sunset and we're all happy with, with, with how wrestling goes. Yeah, but, you know, I'm that, happy with that. That's my feelings on the on the women's match. Yeah, that's great. I agree. Um, yeah, maybe we could have gone with Trish, but either though we're going to get a star out of Eo Shirai, Eo's guy, <laughs> so, you know, it doesn't matter. Right, let's talk. Let's talk. One of my concerns with, with how much of the room was sucked out after LA Knight not winning... I was concerned about the about the pace of the show, and that was until we got the return of one Drew McIntyre and the return of John Cena. Fuck, they were amazing. But let me talk to you. Um, John Cena's return, great. I like the whole. You know, we want to see WrestleMania in London, and we do. We do want to see WrestleMania in London. Do I think it ever yeah, happen? Man. No, but mm. it's what we want to see. I'm hoping the WWE come this way again. Even if it's not WrestleMania, give us a SummerSlam again. You know what I mean? Give us, give us something. Give us a stadium show. You know, AEW are kind of proving that we can we can sell at Wembley if we want to. You know, um, Drew McIntyre. Why did? Why? Sorry. Why for a second? 
just this is massive sidebar. Like, why did we do Clash of the Castle in fucking Cardiff? Why didn't they just go for Wembley Stadium? Because it's not a castle. Why n- no, but like, do fuck it, do another show. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, the I, castle, I, I, they had to, they had to, they had to, uh, <laughs> they had to test the waters, I guess. Right? They had to, oh, yeah, they had to test the waters. Um, it was, it's, 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 a, it's a test thing, bro. Like, one thing we've noticed, obviously, you you see it here in the UK a lot with with stadium shows and things. You know, a lot of international brands have to test the waters. They have to do smaller shows first. Then people are going to buy tickets. You know, like the AEW show. This was a complete experiment, man. Like, you know, I was certain. I told you when when they first planned the Wembley show, you know, I said, I don't think it's going to sell at all. And, you know, they've proved me wrong. They've done fantastic on tickets. I think we're at at 77,000 tickets now pre-sold. And that's sold. But I I know a WrestleMania would do it. Because as well, what they don't, what WWE isn't thinking about, they're looking at it going like, oh, you know, all the UK people aren't going to buy the tickets. But it's not going to be UK people who go. We go to WrestleMania. We're British. We fly to the US. Americans will yeah. fly to England. They already fly to England for holidays and stuff to to, to see the the Queen and shit. You know they're gonna fly to to the to, to the UK for WrestleMania. You know international people, Australians, you know Indians, etc. 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 would fly to. You know he would sell. It would sell. A WrestleMania in the UK would sell. A SummerSlam in the UK Absolutely. would sell. It doesn't matter yeah. what pay per view you do here. It will sell. Mate, I'm not even opposed to it not being in the UK. I'd love to see a WrestleMania. I'd pay to go see a WrestleMania in. The Netherlands or in Germany. Did you did you see that um, that Money in the Bank was the highest growing arena sh- gro- highest grossing arena show in WWE history? Oh, I did see the news on that. Yeah, that's crazy. But like that that, that backs up your point. That backs up your point. Like if they want to sell something, they will sell it. And WrestleMania will sell off just being WrestleMania. Like yeah. you say, we go abroad to WrestleMania. So And it's our it would... turn now to just be able to walk to the arena and, you know, and do that kind of thing, you know? And not I have think to in the... get hotels and In the next five years I think we'll get it. Maybe even four years. Hopefully. I think and we'll get it. Mm. Back to back to where I was going. The Drew McIntyre return was great. I always worried, yeah. you know, me and you spoke about it uh off camera, you know, I, I did worry that he was gonna leave that E and he was gonna sign with AEW. And he just weren't going to be a star because he, again, he, like like we said with Priest earlier, he isn't the guy to, to hold a company up and hold a company together. Um, he's had his moments. They just haven't panned out. Really? You don't seem as like... he could be the next, the next John Cena, the next Rock, the next Hulk Hogan? Look, if AEW wasn't so oversaturated with talent i feel i could see drew mac i could see drew galloway as a top guy in aw oh no he'd be a top guy but dude it's the same thing with all their top guys they're not marking um, could you not could you not see drew galloway at all in at wembley stadium no no 100 i can but that's not the point i was making the point i was making is he's not marquee talent and i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna say this and i don't give a fuck if i get tweeted by mjf and shit about like they're, none of them are AEW marquee talent. Like, they're not. Maybe CM Punk tops, but that's just because he was gone for, like, how many years? They're not marquee talent, bro. MJF thinks he is, he's the next Johnson. He's got no, he's got no, no, nothing right now that makes him a sellout. You know what I mean? Like, the reason guys like The Rock, Cena, Austin, Hogan are as big as they were, even Flair in the early days, you know, those guys, the reason they were as big as they were there was the belief behind the business and the belief behind the, the guys in the locker room that those guys, you put their name on a show, that show sells out. You put MJF's name on a show, it does okay. You put McIntyre's name on a show, mm. it does okay. It doesn't sell out. You advertise mm. John Cena versus Dwayne Johnson in Yorkshire's Town Hall, it sells out. I'm just saying, you put them anywhere in the world, it sells out. Even Punk at the moment, like, but I only think Punk's build is because he's returned after people wanted him for so long. But I think if Punk had stayed in wrestling as and he never had the seven year break, I think Punk would just have faded by this point. I feel like Punk, the whole brawl out thing, hurt MJF's title reign. If he'd have gone straight into a program with CM Punk, I feel like MJF would have been a more credible champion. Um, as far as far like. The whole like four pillars build up and stuff like that. It was very, 
very lackluster. I thought like it, it didn't draw. It no. it, it, just, it was it was just flat. What, Four pillars of what? Flat. What are they hold? What are they holding up? Four mm. pillars. Jack Perry, a pillar. Sammy Guevara, a pillar of an entire oh, company. After I saw Jack Perry's um, interviews that he did over the the WrestleCon thing that was over here, I just think he come across as a massive wanker, to be honest. Like, mate, honestly, I... like, I, I just, mate, I'm just being honest. Like, right now, I'm wrestling Roman's marquee. That that's all we've that's got, it. marquee at the moment. That's no, it. I'm agree. talking across the board. I'm talking mm. go to go from Japan all the way to the West to America. Right now, there's only one marquee talent. And that's, that's, that's how it goes. That's traditionally how it goes. AEW wanted to be that brand that stood out against WWE. You know what I mean? They wanted to have their thing. And and it's been shown in the past with WCW. You know, but you we're not have talking about AEW. No, no, we're not. We're not you can have multiple marquee talents. You can have, as we had before, we had The Rock and Austin on one side. We had Hogan and the NWO, etc. on the other. You can have two sets of marquee talent. Right now, the E is the only guy, has, the, has got the only marquee talent. The only guy people want to see. And who is that guy? He's the one, Roman Reigns. The tribal chief. Speaking of speaking of Roman Reigns, let's talk bloodline civil war. Civil war. It was as entertaining what? as Marvel Civil War. Brilliant. It was a brilliant movie. I enjoyed it. I am gonna go in early and say that Jay getting the pin was the right move. It was earned. Hopefully we get another J Roman feud, singles matches. You know, you know, like we had during the pandemic. They were amazing. They told such a great story. Um, and I'm not saying I want to see Jay as world champ just yet, but I'm hoping this leads to Jay getting something, getting a nice little singles rub. You know, I think Jay and Jimmy have shown recently they can go out on their own. The Usos can split for a bit. You know what I mean? They can split brands and still be be guys. They can still do things. You know. Jay is someone, and I'm going to say this right now so it gets remembered for eternity for when this episode releases. Jay is the next marquee talent. Jay we'll is the guy to hold we'll the see. Nah, I'm guaranteed. As, as, far as, as far as the match goes, you know, over 30 minutes, you know, great story. Crowd were into it. You know, you can't argue with with like the work that went on there that every time the bloodline are in the ring you're going to get a good story you're going to get good action i just feel what i did like about the finish was when jay kicked out and he like accidentally low blowed roman i thought that was a nice nice little touch really nice touch um but then we got two super kicks and a splash to put down the tribal chief i don't know i i when i saw it I get why they've done it, but I, I personally, I don't feel that it was the right choice. But because you think Roman should have won that. Yeah, I feel like in the promo on SmackDown when he said he was going to stack him and pin him, you know, when they showed the whole graphic of when he did it, he pinned Edge and Daniel Bryan on top of each other. I thought they planted good seeds for a false finish. But I feel like that should have been the finish. I, because now is if we push Jey Uso to the main event and we actually make Jey Uso. Uso, if we actually make him that, which is what we've been building to, great, fantastic. But if we don't do it now, right, you, people are going to lose interest and that could hurt the bloodline story. Not only that, what, what the fuck does Jimmy do, mate? Because when when Jimmy had that promo on his own about four weeks ago, um, what happened at the last pay per view, mate? What 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 was what was Jimmy's key? Oh, Jimmy superkick Roman, mm. night champions. He superkick Roman. Jay was like, "What are you doing?" I thought the promo after that on SmackDown when Jimmy was coming into his own, I was like, "Okay, we've started the build for Jimmy." And we can build Jimmy and Jay to that top level talent for when a draft comes, you could split them and they could both be stars. But now we've we've kind of stole that little bit of momentum that Jimmy had and we've given it all back to Jay. 
So yeah, happy days if Jay Uso. Happy days if Jay Uso goes to the main event. Or what about Jimmy? Where do we go with Jimmy? The same thing you've just said. I was literally thinking it in my head the whole time you were saying it. We we split them. We have a draft and we put them on opposite brands. And we let Jimmy strive out on his own. We let Jimmy have you know intercontinental title feuds, world title feuds. We let Jimmy be a singles guy on the other side. It it's for it's really for Jimmy to sink or swim. You know how he comes across with the fans, and it is WWE's you know writing and booking and how they do it. But it's really a, a shot for Jimmy to sink or swim. You know, can he can he float on his own without? being a tag guy. And I believe he could. Um, I get what you're saying with the momentum of it. To be fair, personally, how I would have booked it would have been, you know, you know, you have this big build-up between the, the Usos and Roman and Sokoa. Then Sokoa leaves them all. He's like, you know what? This, I don't need any of you guys. I'm just going to go out on my own and dominate and just go and be a beast. Let him leave. Then, you know, Roman's, you know, he's shattered. Him and Jay have a big blow-off. And then I think you play back because, you know, one thing that this feud's done a lot of and the story's done a lot of is playing back on moments. You know, they show things in the vignettes from before. I think because you had that big build last couple of weeks with Jay being like, you know, Roman being like, Jimmy didn't want you to succeed. And Jay being like, you didn't want me to succeed. Like nothing really came of that. Like that confused me in that promo with them a couple of weeks ago when Jay was like, wait, I always backed you and you weren't backing me. And Jimmy was like, no, I weren't backing you. He's like, wait, you didn't you didn't have my back. Well, then you're out. And I'm out too. I was like, wait, you just you just heard your brother tell you the truth that he didn't have your back. So technically the guy behind you you're about to kick has had your back this whole time. Your brother's told you he hasn't had your back and didn't think you were ready for it. And you're, you're leaving the bloodline to, to join him. That, that whole, I don't know if they had, maybe the script got messed up or what, but that whole thing was a bit, it was a bit bumbly for me to be like, that's like me going to you, Kieran, you betrayed me, you stole all my money. Well, guess what? You and me are going to go rob a bank together. Like, why, why would we do that? Like, he was like, you know... I'd, ha- I'd, I'd have to go back and watch it. Like, I can't... I only, I only caught highlights of that I, segment. Anyone, I, I tell anyone to go back, watch it. It was a decent promo, but it was just like, he was like, you know, oh, I, I was with you, I was, I had you, da, da, da. And Roman was like, you know, I wanted you to be next tribal chief. He didn't, like, da, da, da. And then Jay, Jay, Jimmy was like, you know... Yeah, I said this. I didn't want you to be the next tribal chief. I didn't want this. But he never really justified. He never was like, I didn't want it for you because it's too much stress or I thought it would change you. It was just kind of like, yeah, I didn't want that for you. And then, you know, Jay was like, you know, you're out. And I'm out too. Like, wait, you just sided with the guy who just literally told you he didn't want you to have anything that Roman's been giving you. You know what I mean? So I don't know if we could play on that in the future and have, you know, Jay get this big thing, be main event Jay Uso. And then, you know, whether it's winning the world title or whatever. And at the end of that match, we have Jimmy, boom, super kick him right in the face. And be like, no, I didn't want you to get this push because I knew this would happen. I knew people would forget about me. And then we could do a whole, you know, it should have been me kind of thing with Jimmy being like, you know, I knew the moment you tried to become the tribal chief, everyone would forget about me. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I like... I like a swerve there. I like Jimmy going back into the bloodline. I don't think back into the bloodline. I think Solo go, Heyman go and manage someone else and help build a new talent. I think let Roman go off into the sunset and do what he's going to do now. He's a part-timer. He's already marqueed now. He's good. He's just got to show up every so often to pass the torch. You know what I mean? I think... We need to bring it to more Samoans, mate. We need to bring in we need to bring in Jacob Fatu to join the bloodline. We need God from New Japan. It's too to late, man. In. It's too late. The bloodline's uh-huh. over. The bloodline ended before anyone could join. I would love to have seen God in in WWE though. Hundred yeah. percent. I've been saying it for donkey's years. I would have loved, 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 loved a Tamatonga Roman match. Would have loved it. And there's a there's another there's another kid of Umaga that's coming in as well. So yeah. you know. I feel like it's not over, man. I feel like there's going to be a new bloodline. And I feel like when by the time Survivor Series comes for War Games, I feel like there's going to be a new bloodline versus the Usos, Kevin and Sammy. I feel like... No, but that's, that's how you should do, do it, right? You don't... You go the way I was just saying, right? You have Jimmy split off and be the new big heel. Jimmy starts his own bloodline. And you put Jay with Kevin and Sammy and someone else. And you do that. You have Jimmy now as as the Roman. He won't be as big as Roman, 
But he, I reckon Jimmy could fill in the boots and be the be the big heel and be nah. against his brother. No way. No yeah, way. you gotta give people a chance. Nah, you know? No way. You gotta give people a chance. Roman ain't going in. Roman ain't going anywhere yet. There's that's just Roman's the head of the table. That that's the way it's gonna stay for at least three, four years. I think it is. Like, I mean, you know, the, the, I we, know, we need just... we need some more Samoans. Let's get some more Samoans into the bloodline. Let's do that. I will uh, fork half of my yearly salary to to help WWE pay for more Samoans. Let's just let's just ask okay. people on the street. Let's just go. Let's just go to the Isle of Samoa. And let's just ask people on the street, like, hey, are you an Anawahi by any chance? And do you, you want to go to WWE? Here's a plane ticket. Go, go, go jump on a plane. <laughs> now, I, I was happy with the way it ended. Um, I think the next step now for the bloodline is for Roman to, to really crack mentally, um, try and, you know, mentally and psychologically abuse Solo Sokoa, get, uh, get Solo out of the bloodline. Um, have Paul Heyman step down, have Roman really be like a wounded animal, like biting it, snapping at people. He he has to go off on SmackDown. He has to he has to lose his mind on SmackDown and destroy everybody. Because the thing is, I think it makes more sense like for him to be so mentally disheveled and then that's when he loses the belt, even if it's to, whether it's to Cody or to someone, but that's when he loses the belt. You know, because you can you can play that off like you know, he he can play off in promos. You know, I had the belt for three years. You know, I was the guy. I wasn't mentally in the right state when I had this match. I didn't lose. You know, I, I didn't lose. I just weren't mentally there for, for the match. You know, you can do all that kind of stuff. Like, I think they did it really good with, uh, like, back in the Cruiserweight division when Pac lost the Cruiserweight belt and he went, like, crazy for a bit. Yeah. I, f I feel like this is the way I see SmackDown. I see SmackDown opening. And you straight away, first shot is a Jeep pulling up. Boom, it's Roman. Roman gets out of the Jeep, storms storms to the ring. People are trying to stop him. Roman, it's not it's not your segment. It's not your segment. He gets Adam Pearce, pushes him for a fucking wall. Bang! Walks out to the ring. His music starts when he's halfway down the ramp. Already at the ring. Boom. Fuck. Jimmy J, get out in there. We've got stuff to do. Where's Solo? Solo, get down here. Solo comes down delayed. Paul Heyman. Calm down, my tribal chief. Calm down, my tribal chief. You can't be hitting hitting WWE officials, my tribal chief. He's like, I'm not leaving this ring until I get the Usos. He gets out, he trashes ringside. And then WWE officials, everyone's coming down. Fodder. He's taking out officials. He's taking out security. Till eventually, you know, you get Triple H come out from the back with a headset on and glasses. And he's like, stop it. Pack it in. Roman, I've got no choice. You're suspended. That's it. He's suspended. And then we don't see Roman for a good three, four weeks. And then when he returns, he returns with new Samoans. <laughs> that would be fair. That would be a good that would be a good way to do it. Uh, have him come back with new 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 members of the family. Um but I don't know. I I like your I like the way you were going with it there, the suspension. But my issue is I hate I hate fluffing title reigns. Like I hate putting people out of action and leaving them with the belt and fluffing title reigns. Because he's all... he's away anyway. No, I know, oh. but it, it it's one thing that ruined the Gunther title reign of the United Kingdom Championship for me. You know, like Pete Pete workhorse that belt for six hundred plus days. Yeah, Gunther. Don't think him wrong. I know they would have had him workhorse the hell out of that championship for as long as they were going to have him hold it. But seven hundred of his eight hundred day reign was during COVID, and he couldn't wrestle for for like seven hundred days. He had like one match before COVID and then like one match after COVID and then he lost it the match after. So, you know, he really only held the belt for like, I'd say maybe tops like 150 days. The rest of it was COVID and he couldn't work. So I don't really want to see like, I know we've got Roman to a thousand and Roman hasn't been super workhorsey, but we've got him to a thousand with some very good matches and a great story. Let's not try and push him, you know, further into the thousand by having him not appear for months and months because we're suspending him. Let's, let's no, no, do no, what you were for saying. Like four, four, six, four, five weeks. That's all he needs to be suspended for. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. That's like nearly 60 days, that, Blade. That's nearly 60 that's, days that's, additional. That, that's, that's enough time for, for SmackDown to become magical, where the Usos are getting on with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Everything's hunky-dory. We're all friends again. And then, boom, when Roman's back, he fucks shit up. But we're not. I don't think we'll be all friends again. I don't think Kevin's. 
I don't think doing a Kevin and Sammy and that are all friends again is going to work. I think a Jay and Sammy privately on the side get a few segments of those guys friends again. Great. I think Kevin's always. Oh, I'm not saying we. Kevin I'm not saying we're going to have. I'm not saying we're going to have a, a whole reality show based about their friendship. I'm no, just saying, like, I know. Always... I'm saying though, I just don't think. I don't think we should really involve them. I mean, to be fair, I'm still behind giving unifying the belts, getting a new tag title created, give it to Kevin and Sammy, push them onto Raw, and then bring out a new set of tag titles for SmackDown, and and split them yeah. again. You know, yeah, get, rid of these, seems... get rid of these red and blue shitty fucking belts that exist. Right. Money in the bank. Good pay-per-view, man. Great pay-per-view. It was great. Good pay-per-view. It was even better being Premium there. live event. No, nope, I am sticking to pay-per-view. PPV is the way forward. <laughs> PLE sucks. Donkey dung. Donkey dung. Good one. <laughs> nah, man. I can't. But yeah, can't nah, good pay-per-view. Bits out of bit LA night, you know. Um, and this is where I'm, I'm going to introduce a new segment to you now, mate, that hopefully we fold over to every week. Um, it's a who's hired and who's fired segment. And this segment is who's impressed us the most and should get theoretically hired and who's pissed us off the most and should get fired. Are you up for playing? <laughs> I'm up for playing, but if we're currently, if we're staying on topic to money in the bank, everyone who was there, it was already hired. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's 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 meant to be banter. No, I know. You, I'm just you, saying you, it doesn't it don't make sense to say, oh, who impressed us at Money in the Bank? Who should we hire? Well, they're already hired, so who should keep their job? <laughs> maybe, but, maybe maybe say that when you've read the format before we go live. I've read the format, but you you literally just said who's impressed us? Well, this show's about Money in the Bank. Who impresses at Money in the Bank? Who would we no. hire? In in the wrestling world, in the wrestling world, who's impressed us and who's 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 on the shit list this week? Oh, for the record, anyone watching, that's not how you read it in the format. But... Um... <laughs> it's the first episode. It's the first episode. <laughs> um, so, who impressed me? Who would I hire? Who would I fire? Well, let's start with hiring. Um, two guys who already are working uh, at a great company um, and already are great people. Um, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay. I can't, mate, I can't get over that match. That Forbidden Door match, those two guys, they deserve the world, mate. They deserve to be they're, top guys. They're already everything. they're already hired, mate. Oh, here we go. Bruv, I haven't been to my local indie fed in North Chesham. No. I don't know. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this, but um, you should get Google it. And um, I'm pretty sure AEW is a um, a global company. Well, then what's the point of this hired segment? Are we what? We talk about indie talent? No, you've completely you've completely misconstrued <laughs> this segment, right? The segment is like who's hired, who's who's hired, who's fired. Like you can't just who, put an accent on it and expect it to make sense. Who 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 should be hired? Who should keep their job? And who should be fucked off and fired for being shit? That's the whole idea of the segment. Okay, I'll tell you what. To make this easier, you go but first now, because we've spent we've spent too long discussing the segment. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the segment's gonna be for the for the but end of time this, of the podcast. It's us this, discussing the segment. Next week, this segment will flow like water. Honestly, it it'll be fine. I'm still not gonna understand so, it. Who, who's impressed me the most this week? LA Knight, 100%. 100%. In my fantasy book, he would be hired. I don't know if just... you understand this, but he's actually already been hired by a company for the... Right, fuck this segment. <laughs> fuck this segment. Fuck you and fuck this segment, you dickhole. <laughs> oh, who should be hired? Who should be fired? I'll tell you what. Right. Fire. I'm firing Kevin Nash for his comments about LA Knight. <laughs> yeah, fire Kevin Nash. Uh, fire MJF. Um, Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash, I'm firing you from your own podcast yeah. for stupid comments. Jack Perry, I'm firing you for just not really existing. Somehow being a wrestler yeah. for all this time and not existing yeah. at the same time. Um, the, the paint watches you dry, Jack Perry. Yeah. 
Oh mate, it doesn't even watch him dry. The paint's watching other things. It's more. It's got more important things to watch. Um, no, I. Uh, yes, we're gonna we're gonna discuss this off camera, and we're gonna have this segment flow smoothly next week. Um, but yeah, for the record, don't come up with segments unless you really have an idea what the segment's about. Yeah. <laughs> or read the format. Yeah. I read it. Or read it the literally format. Says, yeah. Who was the star of the week? Who is was the shits and is fired? No specific. So. So this was episode one, guys. Um, yeah, no. Thanks, thanks for bearing with us. Um, this is episode one. Yeah, money in the bank. We both enjoyed it. So now what we do is we close the door, get out, and join us next week on the booking room for episode two. Things will run a lot smoothly. Um, don't forget to subscribe. Obviously, you know, give us a share, give us a like, all that good jazz. Um, you know, we want to get this podcast out there. We want it to be something decent. So yeah, give us those likes and subscribes, Dylan. Anything to sign off with? Uh, well, we're here. We're here to have fun. We're going to be doing this whether you listen or not. Um, so we're going to. No we're one's going to be... listen for a while. Yeah, I know. No one. Uh, but we're here to have fun. You know, we're here to talk about something that we love and we've loved our entire lives. Um, we, you know, the world is now changed to a world where we can finally get our opinions out and our thoughts out. And we're happy to hear yours. You know, like I said, Kieran's going to put up some of the stuff for us to, you know, yep. the, the socials and the, the the YouTube and the whatever else other platforms we're going to be on. So follow us, you know, tweet us, Instagram us, whatever, share your ideas. You know, this is really going to be a platform for people to, to share ideas. And, you know, it, it won't change anything in the business. You know, don't doubt Vince or Tony. Just fantasy book. Just, yeah. So it's, it's just sort of engaging. Book. Engage, fantasy book. You know, let's just talk about wrestling. Let's have a good time. Let's be positive about wrestling most of the time. So, yeah, let's close the door, mate. Let's get out. Join us next week on The Booking Room for episode two. Boom boom, shake the room. Yeah. Who the fuck yeah. bullshit? I'm gonna tweet my displeasure. Vince McMahon, he's the bad guy. Yeah! Oh, I'm fucking tired. I work with fucking children.